Isawam prison and uh, uh, later we'll let some of the people come and give their testimonies as you know what they learned and what they saw and uh, it, it was it was an experience and uh, one of the things that touched our heart so much was even though they were in such in, in a very serious confinement they exhibited a lot of joy you know, in the church service, you could see them. In fact, they were praising God more, better than we, we do here. Yeah. They were more serious praying. Not praying, even just for themselves, but praying for their families and things better than we're doing in, the arch, in our freedom. Yes. When they pass you through the, the, the brown, look, it's a heavy, 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 heavy metal. Then the kind of thing they will pass, they will set you through everything, go through. Women and men don't go together. Women go all by themselves. Men go all by themselves. Yeah. It's a, and when some of the sisters went there, then somebody was up there and saw the sister and said, Wow. Yeah, you don't see women. 
the, it's all men. So you are blessed. When you see a sister, you frown your face, you're a bad person. You, you, you don't understand. You see, you see, sometimes when certain things are in your way, you take them for granted. One of the prison officers told me, a very senior person, said, in this place, the most expensive commodity is freedom. Yeah, freedom. Right there. It's a bad thing. And when you see the people are praying and ashes disciplined in their uniform tucked in. in the pre- you will never think, look, when you go there, all of us, we are, were given visitors tag with the guys. If you miss your visitors tag, you are part of them. Walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what shows that? Because they were dressed like us. They were dressed like some of them. They were in suits. They were in suits. They were in nice dresses. Yes. Nice dresses. Suits and everything. You know? And all, all kinds of people were there. They've got engineers there. They've got lawyers there. They've got doctors there. They've got pastors there. Yeah. They've got magistrates there. Yeah. You've got all kinds of people over there. When you go, you see... Very wonderful people, handsome men. And they told us that most of the women are not getting husbands because they, they, have, they have been put over there. A prison officer told me, it's true. And when you go, you see very handsome men. Very handsome, neatly trimmed, their beard. You will see very nice guys, and they are inside there. And when you see the way they pray, they worship God, they are disciplined. They are giving. Oh. And here we are. And they are embarking on evangelism. I received a call today. And they said, every Saturday, they go from block to block evangelizing. And now they're telling me that they need megaphones to be able to go and then you know, evangelize more. They need about four megaphones. They are going to show me. And, and uh, I'll let some people buy the megaphones and go and give it to them. Amen. Amen. Megaphones. And they are evangelizing their people and ensuring that people are saved over there. They've got a lot of pastors. Yeah, the church wondered. Many, many of them were pastors there. Who were there? Zero. So, this way, the things you gave to us, they are there. I don't know whether you can zoom in or later some of the picture. Yeah. So all the things there. And they said, by God's grace, they said they were very happy with the things we went and presented to them. This man is a very senior prison officer over there, you know, in, in Mufti. You know, and the, the, the lady there, they're very, very helpful to us. And they helped us to be able to make our listen. So we want to thank you so much for your generous support. Uh, you are able to help us go and give them rice, dairy, sugar, uh, what a chicken, indomie, all those, and we yeah, gave it to them. In fact, after the toilet rolls and soap and cool, they started sharing the right in the church room. Those of us who went there, we saw them sharing the things to them, which means that they need more of such things. And everybody started buying some of those things so that we can go and give it to them. You know, and they tell us that anybody can find themselves there for some funny reason. And when you get a little case and you don't get a good lawyer, that's it, you are there. And the thing is that the police, when they catch you and they prosecute you, 
The more they get people there, the more they get promoted. Uh -huh. So they want you to go there. But may God exclude you from going there. Yeah, may you be excluded. And one, one officer said, the reason why many people are there is because of our unforgiveness. That when something comes, we don't know how to let it go. And we don't know how to let, settle it. So we try to settle it within its logical conclusion. And for the law, they've made the law such that the moment anything comes up, somebody must be put there. At the expense of the nation and pain and things. Some of them are there. They've served 25 years. Some of them have served 35 years. Some of them have served 40 years. Some of them have been sentenced to 100 years imprisonment. Some of them have been sentenced to 200 years. So it means that you will die and you are still, you are still a prisoner. So after 200 years, before you are free. You know. So uh, let us cherish our freedom and let us cherish our seriousness. You see, when we went there, there was no lateness. We went there. They were all seated. And we got there before the church service. And as well, I was watching them. They were all there, disciplined. Everybody, they were all there. So if we are here and we are free and we come to church late and we come there, then it's like we are disappointing God. Then God is saying, let, me let you go and join them. So that you, you will learn how to go to church early. Then you learn how to pray better. Then you learn how to worship God, worship me better and things. But may God not take us to that extreme. Amen. Amen. Abigail, are you here with me? Hallelujah. Yeah, may our hearts be loving God more and more. You know. One of the guys, he, he was using our name for a radio program. He was just put the last, he said he came there four days just before we got there. And they told him he has never been on radio. But I've heard his voice on radio. He was using our name. We even told him that he should change the name because that's the name of our church. You can't use the name of our church for his radio program. And he's a pastor. He finds himself there. And when he was talking to me, one of the prison officers said, oh, there's a reason why you are here. So they sack him. Don't let some, some, some reason take you there. Amen? Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's part of my preaching. Do not let some, something bad. Don't put yourself, say that God said, I have to get you to be confined so that I'll get your attention. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very challenging thing. When you go there and you look at the situation, you see that you are blessed. And he told me, 12 by 12 room and about 45 to 50 people in the room lying down. He said for eight beds, it's for over 45 to 50 people who are there. But we will support them. Amen. amen. Oh, your amen was weak. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. And when you do that, God will bless you. Always look out for the weak and help them. Anybody who is weak, don't make him weaker. You'll be a wicked person to make a weak person weak, weaker. Anytime you see somebody who is weak, make the person strong. Help the person to become strong. Amen? Yeah, that's why I preach what I preach. And that's why sometimes I'm forced to correct you. So that you don't become weaker, but you become stronger. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. Can you show us some of the pictures and, and then we will start preaching quickly? Yeah, so these are the team of people. And Palace Praise, today they called again. They said they love your singing so much. You should come again. Yeah, this time with more people. Amen. Amen. Yeah, can you say? And then I think I, I put a video there. You can't play it. You can't play it on your thing. Okay. Praise God. So these are the things. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's take our Bibles. Say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. I have what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm about to receive the rich, unfailing, and grafted word of God, which is able to save my soul and give my inheritance in the kingdom of God. My life will never be the same, never, never the same, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Father, anoint my lips. Let me speak forth your word as of an oracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now we are celebrating Easter. Amen. Have you got your notebooks? Yeah, everybody, listen, what I'm going to teach today is a topic that many of us know. We say we are Christians, but I'm going to give you certain technologies that you need to understand. Which, me, myself, when I became a Christian for some time, even though I was a Christian, I even started preaching, I didn't understand those things very well. So I want to take my time and teach you those things. And you see, for you to do things well in, in school, you need to understand elementary principles. Primary principle. Sometimes people want to learn some hoodious things. No, it is the basic thing. In fact, intelligent people break things to very low terms. That's why oftentimes in school, they take the very good teachers and let them teach the very young one, primary one, primary two, primary three, because you need to have a certain kind of grace and intelligence to break the substance down. Because if children don't get things well, in fact, if your primary school English is no good, when you go to secondary school and above, you, your university English will be very bad. Yeah. So it is, it is elementary things. And your understanding of Christianity is based on some of these elementary things I'm going to be sharing with us. Amen. So today, I want to be sharing on six things Christ accomplished by his death. Six things that Christ accomplished by his death. Write it. Eugene, you didn't write it. Write. Don't let your nephew become an excuse. Everybody get something and write. Church at school. When Christ died, he accomplished certain things for us. Amen. Yeah. Do you know that Jesus died? Yeah. And that's why we are celebrating Easter. The first, thing he, the first thing he accomplished for us is exp, expiation. Someone say expiation. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, uh, that's why I told you that you will learn some things. The expiation, write it. We are, today we are in school. After, after service, I will check your notes. Expiation is the act of making amends. Or reparation for guilt or wrongdoing. The act of making amends or reparation. It's on the on the on the television. The act of making amends or reparation to repair 
for guilt or wrongdoing. The word expiation has two parts. Ex and piation. Ex from the Latin is out of or from. That's why we say ex-president. That means that he's out of the presidency. He's been a president before. Ex-president, you know, out of or from the presidency. has moved from the presidency. So when we say expiation, it has to do with removing something or taking something away. Expiation has to do with removing something or taking something away. Is that right? So when right now I have four gentlemen here. When I remove one of them away, the person expiation has taken place. Removing something or or taking something away. Expiation. Amen? Amen? Okay. Now, in biblical terms, when we say, thank you, sir, expiation, it has to do with taking away the guilt through the payment of a penalty. Taking away the guilt through the payment of a penalty or the offering of an atonement. Now, when man sinned, against God, God had to come out with a shadow of those things by offering an animal to be killed. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. So write Genesis 3 21. Genesis 3 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and what? Clothed them. 22, if it's there. Okay. So, okay. Now, when man sinned, man became naked. Is that right? To sin. And God, not wanting to look at man's sin, but to get rid of sin in his eyes. Because sin smells and sin is bad. So, to get, you know, sometimes you see something, that is on somebody's face or something, and then you cover it. Is that right? So you do not see it. So for God not to see that thing and for him to have a bad taste towards man, he had to kill an animal which was a shadow of things to come. That that was a foreshadow of Christ dying on our behalf, shedding his blood. So he used the coat of the skins of the animal to cover them, but it symbolized the shedding of blood. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no what remission of sins. And since Adam and Eve had sinned against God, it means that they were guilty before God. Remember that when God visited them in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, verse 9, Bible says that Adam hid himself. And God asked him, Say, Where are you? And he says that what? I was afraid and I hid myself. That's the very first time that the word fear was mentioned in the Bible. Earlier on, there was no fear. There was love. And where there is love, there's no fear. But when man sinned, now fear came. Are you getting me? He had fear. And you see, when you 
you offend somebody and you see the person, you realize that you can't flow. There is a kind of a fear. So in the garden, God called him and then he said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. What is it that made him naked? It was a sin. When he sinned, he became naked. Amen. So when Christ came, Christ came to remove our sin and its guilt. And the removal of sin and its guilt is known as expiation. To expiate. To remove the sin and its guilt. So expiation is the removal of our sin and guilt. Write it. Expiation means the removal of our sin and guilt. Removal of our sin and guilt. And do you want me to give you a scripture? Okay. John chapter 1 verse 29. Who can quote it for me? John 1 29. If you quote it, I'll give you chocolate right now. But don't look at it. John 1 29. 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 I know some people have been very fast to look at some. John 1 29. He said, Behold what? The Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Who expiates. Who expiates. Who taketh away the sin of the world. Are you getting me? So Jesus, listen to me. The primary reason why Jesus came was not for us to become rich. Hello? You see, God, when God created us, he gave us the world as his inheritance. That's why he put man in Eden. Eden means God's presence and Eden means abundance. And if you read the Bible carefully in Eden, there were nice rivers for flowing. He was, man was in an arboretum, nice place where there are wonderful trees, avenue plants, there were orchards. Every good thing was over there. So man was never put in an atmosphere of lack, which means that you are not to be put in an atmosphere of lack. Amen. Amen. But then when man sinned, man was driven away from Eden, God's presence and from the abundance because of what? Sin. And the sin also, once you are taken away from the presence of God, that means you are going to be in the presence of the devil for the devil to buffet him, to beat him up, and to harass him. And God loving us, you see, anything you create, and you see that somebody is trying to spoil it, you will defend it. If you start a business and you find out that some people have joined a business, you've employed them and they want to spoil the business, you will sack them. Or you fight them. Is that not it? Yeah. Anything that is your creation. Let's say you have done your nice hairdo. And then you find out that somebody is touching, touching the hair. Wouldn't you be angry with the person? The way you comb the hair and all those things. The same way. So the, when man sinned and God saw that the devil was trying to mess up with his creation and co. God had to come in. But man had done something that was infuriating God. So God now had to send his son Jesus to come and die and that his blood paid for the penalty of our sins and that is why Jesus came, number one, to expiate, to take away the sin and its guilt so that God can be reconnected unto us or we can be reconnected unto God. Because the Bible says that in Isaiah, say your sin has brought about a separation between you and God. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. So sin brings about what? 
separation. So the thing that brought about the separation, the thing that brought about the, the, the wall, God, Christ came and took away that wall. Can I have an amen? amen? And that's the meaning of the expiation. Hallelujah. So expiation means what? The removal of sin and guilt. So Christ's death removes or expiates our sin and our guilt. So anybody who receives Jesus Christ, when you come to Jesus, he removes away your sin and then your guilt. Do you know that? Listen, when you do something bad, eh? When you do something bad, first the sin is there and then the guilt is there. Have you done something bad that you feel very guilty? Yeah. But when you come to Christ, and you see, guilt can make you kill yourself. Guilt can make you do many wrong things against yourself. So, so Christ came to remove our sins and the guilt so that we do not walk in guilt, but we rather walk in righteousness. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So Christ came so that we do not walk in sin consciousness, but we rather walk in righteousness consciousness. And righteousness says is to have the mind of Christ, the nature of Christ. Can I have an amen? Okay, let me give you another scripture on SPH. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Our students over there, are you writing notes? Uh, then write notes. I'll come and inspect. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Have you written it? Let's read together. One, two. All we like sheep have gone astray. Yeah. Have you seen sheep that go astray? Yeah, you see that as they are going. When sheep go astray, they can be hit by a car. When sheep go astray, they can be caught by somebody and it will enter into the person's soup for kebab. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him what? The iniquity of us all. So the Lord the Lord laid on Jesus Christ. He took our iniquity and placed it on Jesus. Is that right? So Jesus came to expiate. He came to expiate. Someone say expiate. Expiate. Uh-huh. Expiate. Yeah, yeah. Expiation. Jesus. Jesus came to expiate. He came to remove. So expiation is removal X. With your kai X. X. Is that right? And piate. Piation, the position. So he took away the sin from his position. Where the sin was positioned in your, on your life, no, he took it away. He came to expiate. So right now, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, then sin is no more on you, but the sin has been taken away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a song. My bed is rolled away. My bed is rolled away. Do, 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 do. Oh, mama. Mama, baby, mama, where is you, Papa? Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 26. Eh? For then must he, often, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world 
has he appeared to put away what by the sacrifice to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself so when Christ sacrificed himself he put away sin so in fact the world will be a better world the, uh, our world will be a sinless world if every one of us gave our life to Jesus so the solution to the sin of the world is not the activity of the United Nations it's not advice it is the preaching of the gospel that's the reason why the, 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 the world is against the church. The devil is against the church. In fact, all our fighting inside and all our dislike inside and I don't like it, I'm leaving church, I'm angry with this person, look at the way these ushers did and the, this person, is because the devil doesn't want that. The hope of the, world, of the world is the church that is the salt of the earth to preach Christ. So if we do not preach Christ, then the the devil is on the winning side. Then sin keeps piling up. And it, it, it tries to defeat the reason why Christ came. But the more we preach Christ and people hear the gospel of Christ, then as they hear, then Christ's work expiates. It removes the sin from the people. It removes the sin from the people. It removes the sin from the people. So you realize that your whole village, the sin in your village can be removed away by the preaching of the gospel. Yes. The sin of your family can be removed away. And then all of a sudden you see that your family has become a blessed family. Because sin has, has, has been taken away. Christ paid the price 2,000 years ago. But it must be actualized in your life through the preaching of the gospel. You receive him. That's what John 1, 12 says that to those who received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. And he said, behold the Lamb of God who taketh away what? The sin of the world. So once you receive him, he will take that sin away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So the first thing Christ came to do is what? Expiation. Someone say expiation. So Christ came to accomplish expiation. Is that right? Everybody, when you are giving a work, you are giving a work to accomplish something. Is that not it? They give you a job description. Something to accomplish each day. Is that not what happens at your workplace? Yeah. So Christ came. The first thing Christ came to do is what? Expiates. Expiation. Then when expiation takes place, it leads to propitiation. Someone say propitiation. Don't tell me that my English is big. It is because you have not learned a lot of things. That is why I'm teaching you this. Amen. Yeah, it's because what you English, nine. Mm. Mathematics, eight. Mm. I said, three, one. I said, oh, 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 oh. Three, one, what do you call Benin? Benin. I'm yeah, you must speak ever. Hallelujah. Okay, propitiation. Propitiation is the act. Eh? Okay. Now let me explain this. Whereas expiation refers to removal of our sins, propitiation refers to removal of God's wrath. Is that right? Uh-huh. The propitiation, expiation takes away our sins. Then, 
when expiation takes place, it leads to propitiation whereby God, God's wrath is removed. <laughs> eh? You see, when, come, yeah, you can come with your stuff. Eh? If this gentleman has done something against me, now listen to this carefully. It will help you in your Christian life a lot. If this guy has done something against me, it means what? There's sin. Is that right? There's, there's sin and guilt on him. Now Christ, who is Christ? Can you come, Pastor Derek? Christ comes, and when Christ came, Christ came to remove the sin. So let's say the sin is this, you know, this is a sin. He was reading when I was writing or teaching or whatever. So that's a sin. So Christ came to what? Remove the sin eh? and its guilt away. Now, when Christ, that's an expiation. When Christ came to remove that, now it now leads to propitiation where there is removal of God's wrath because I was angry with him. Is that right? Because of the sin, I was angry with him. So now, the moment that the sin is removed, it now it also takes away my wrath, my anger against him. So expiation leads to propitiation. Do you understand it? Uh-huh. You know, there are some people when they go to school and say, Chale, times You know, I know it. We have all been students before. When you are teaching, and then say, But the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Amen. Uh-huh. Let, me, let me explain this to you. Go to propitiation. Propitiation is the act of appeasing a God, a spirit, or a person. Is that right? Good. So, when you do something wrong against and let's say in a village, they say somebody has done something bad. So there's a sin that is against them. Then they do something in order to remove the sin. Is that right? By killing an animal. When the animal is killed, what is that? The blood of the animal expiates. It removes the sin they have done. And if it removes the sin they have done, it also appeases whoever was offended. That's why sometimes when they are there, they say you offend, uh, you offend your wife. They say one day one lady was angry with the, the husband. And then you came to me. And they came, we were talking. I said, the guy should go and buy six pieces of cloth. I said, and buy this. And I said, my friend, if you want cloth, just tell your husband that. Husband, I need cloth. Don't, 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 don't go. Don't, don't bring this in here. Don't bring this in here. Don't, don't bring this in here. But you see that <laughs> you, you expiate, you, you, you appease, is that right? By giving something. Let's say your, 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 your mother, you realize that your mother was very angry with you about something that you did. You know? So it has brought about a limitation. 
Then you go and apologize or whatever. You take something. When you take the thing to your mother or your father, what it does is that it wipes away what you have done and then it brings about what? It appeases the person so that you can relate with the person properly again. So when Christ came, not only did he come to expiate, to take away our sins, but his offering of himself brought about an appeasement. Instead of God becoming angry with us, he gave us his son Christ so that after Christ has come and taken away our sins, God can be at peace with us and relate with us. So anybody who received Jesus Christ, God is at peace with you. You are no more an enemy of God. But anybody who has not given his life to Christ is an enemy of God because there's the sin is there which has not been removed and there's a guilt also on the life of the person and God is not happy with the person. So all unbelievers, God is not happy with them. They can go to church but God is not happy with them. They can do good things, they are not, God is not happy with them. Because they have not accepted the way by which God will be happy with them. And the only way by means of which God can be happy with them is not by their good thing. Because the Bible says that our own righteousness, Isaiah 64 verse 6, is like what? Filthy rats before the Lord. So, yondoso ndoso. Enkotunkumago. Yeah. You know. God just two powerful words. The Lord takes them away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. We are, but we are all as what? An unclean thing. And all our righteousness. So we are all what? Unclean thing. And our righteousness are as what? Fill the rags. And we all do fade as leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away from God. Have you seen it? We are an unclean thing. But Jesus Christ came. God himself offered Jesus and his blood washed away our sins. And his blood expiated so that now we are not seen as unclean. We are clean so that God can embrace us. Amen. 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 Are, are you flowing with me? So... When your beloved is not happy with you, eh? when your beloved is not happy with you, it means that there is sin. Is that right? Uh huh. There is sin at your doorstep. So the sin must be removed eh? by you buying her something. Eh? And when you buy her something, eh? anyway, have you bought a, a promise ring for her? Eh? Have you given her a promise ring? Is she wearing the promise ring? No, no, no. If you, if you walk with a lady and you say, I love you, and she accepts it, is that right? When she, you say she accepts it and you have been working with her six months, one year, you must give her something to show that I have given you my promise, not by word, but when she looks at it, she can see that this is, this is a serious person. If you have not done it, go and do it. Amen. If, have you done it? But I didn't see the ring on her finger. Eh? Is she wearing the ring? She used to wear it. If she has removed it, that means she's angry with you. 
you must question if you give somebody a ring and the person has removed the ring, you have to question, why have you removed my ring? Yeah, there must be a reason. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you learning something here? So, listen to this. Propitiation has to do with the object of the expiation. Write it. Propitiation has to do with the object of the expiation. When we are doing propitiation, it has to do with the object. That means that the object of the expiation means that the person which the expiation is being done on their their behalf. Is that right? I'll explain you. Don't worry. The word propitiation, can you see pro there? X, I explained X means what? Out of or away. Pro means what? For. So the prefix pro, eh, in front of the propitiation, brings about a change in God, God's attitude. So that he moves from being at enmity with us to being for us. So where there's expiation, the expiation will lead to propitiation so that God is not against you, but now God will be for pro. Provision for the vision, propitiation for your favor. So God moves, he takes away sin, not to love you because God's love is unconditional. As a matter of fact, it's because he loved you, that's the reason why he gave Christ. And the scripture is Romans 5, 8. <laughs> Amen? You, you must know your Bible, though. So that when anybody comes and is asking a question, especially our brothers from, you know them, when they come around and they're asking you some questions, you know you're left from your heart. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ didn't die for us when we have become good people. That's why any bad person, God loves you. Anybody who has done, no matter what you have done, God loves you. And what God wants to do is to expiate, to take away your sin and your guilt so that there will be propitiation, so that God will show you favor, so that God will be connected to you. And so where there's no expiation, there's no propitiation, and therefore God cannot answer your, 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 your prayers. Because sin, sin makes God deaf. God is not deaf. But God is deaf to the prayer of a sinner. The only prayer of a sinner that God really hears is the prayer of confession to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and say, I'm a bad person. I have come. I accept what you did for me by sending your son. I accept what Jesus has done for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Amen? Amen. So the only weapon, listen, the only weapon, the devil has not got any weapon against a believer. The only weapon that the devil has against eh, anybody is, is a lack of forgiveness. If you have not been forgiven, he has power over you. If there's sin in your life, he has power over you. So sin actually opens you to the devil. So the moment you sin, you have opened the door for the devil to come into your life. Anytime you sin, you have opened the door to the devil. But when you receive Jesus Christ, you have closed the door. And so when he tries to knock the door, you say, go away. 
You have no access. But anybody who has not received Jesus Christ, the door is ajar, it's open, and the, and the enemy comes in. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he comes, he expiates, takes away your sin. Is that removal? And number two, there's what? Propitiation. He propitiates. And that means what? There's what? Appeasement. Eh? There's what? Appeasement. Amen. Hallelujah. So, it changes, propitiation changes the attitude of God. When you, you go through expiation, expiation will change the, the attitude of the object of expiation. Is that right? Good. So, let's say <laughs> he is God. Is that right? Good. And something, somebody has offended him. Because the person has offended, he won't flow with the person. But when the offense is taken away, then it will change his attitude and then he'll begin to relate well with him. So God will only relate well with us when there's been expiation. And when there's expiation, then it leads to propitiation where God now begins to flow because there's been an appeasement. So we say that the prefix pro for bring, propitiation brings about a change in God's attitude so that he moves from being at enmity with us to being for us. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? So you need propitiation for God to be for you. But if you have not be, received propitiation through expiation, then God cannot be for you. And if God is against you, who can be for you? Amen. So by Jesus dying in our place, he removed the wrath of God that we deserved. So Jesus' death, so just put simply, propitiation is the removal of God's wrath. Say it after me. Propitiation brings about the removal of God's wrath against us. Amen. So God's wrath so you see, when you carry your goat and you go and give it to that man or that woman you offended, it has taken away everything. Is that right? There's now what? Propitiation. Where there is a change of attitude. Amen. You know, many years ago, our current president and our ex-president, really, they didn't seem to flow. Is that right? And now they are flowing. Is that right? So, Possibly one, there's been an expiation. Removal of whatever any, one of them has done to anybody. And then there has been what? A propitiation where now they can sit and laugh and flow. And that is what God wants us even to do. Not only with him, but among ourselves, there must be what? Expiation and what? Propitiation. <laughs> and that's actually the reason why Christ went to the cross. The vertical beam is to unite us unto God. Unites man unto God. And the horizontal beam unites man unto man. And that's the reason we can come from different backgrounds, different edu educational backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. But when we come together as a church, we flow. And we laugh. And we, we can eat together. 
and we can sleep on the same bed together and we can enjoy ourselves together is because of propitiation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you flowing with me? There are several passages that speak of Christ's death as propitiation for our sins. Romans chapter 3, 25 and 26. Auntie Mercy, can I write Romans chapter 3, 25 26? Mm-hmm. Whom, let's read together one, two. Whom God has set forth, referring to Jesus, to be what? A propitiation. You see, I, I, I am taking my time to go through it because a lot of times, I'm sure you read your Bible and you see these things. But you haven't taken time to look at them. And that's the reason I'm taking my time to go. God has set forth to be a propitiation through what? Faith in his what? Blood. To declare his what? Righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. 26. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in all things. Um, Jesus Christ. Do message version or uh, uh, current Bible. Is it 25? Do 25. Hit the button, 25. God presented him, Jesus, as what? Propitiation. Is that right? The propitiation through faith in his what? Blood. So the propitiation is to bring about what? An appeasement. So the blood of Jesus brings about what? An appeasement. That's why we say the blood of Jesus is the purchasing currency that purchases us. Is that right? From the clause of sin and from the devil. And then the word of God gives is, is a receipt that shows us that Christ died for us. Because when you, pay, you make a payment, you get a receipt. Anytime you buy anything from any place that demands a receipt, please take a receipt. And keep the receipt. Because a day will come that you'll be so surprised that something can happen and you say, what, where is the receipt for this thing that you say about? And your receipt will deliver you. Yeah. So as much as possible, don't be throwing receipts away. Don't, don't, as much as possible, keep them. You have a place. Throw them away in some place where you can pile them. You never know. Enterprise. <laughs> Amen? Okay. First John chapter 4 verse 10. Write it. And then Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17. Let me just give you the scripture on propitiation. Love con... Hearing is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be what? The propitiation for our sins. He sent his son to be what? The propitiation, which means he sent his son to be the one to what? To atone for our sins. To be the ransom for our sins. To be the one to wipe away our sins and to appease. So to be a propitiation for our sins means to appease for our sins. So, just put simply, it's a piece. Someone say a piece. Mrs. Dobachi, are you getting me? Did you write a piece? Have you written a piece now? You write it. 
Hebrews 2.17. Hebrews 2.17. So it is evident, no. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren. That means referring to Jesus. That he might be merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So, write this. Everybody write it. Expiation is the act that results in the change of God's disposition towards us. Expiation is the act that results in the change of God's disposition towards us. Expiation is what Christ did on the cross. And the result of Christ's work of expiation is propitiation. <laughs> yeah, write it. It's on the, on the board. Expiation is the act that results in the change of God's disposition towards us. You see, without Christ coming to die, God's disposition towards us will be very bad. Is that right? Okay. And we say that it is what Christ did on the cross. So the cross is very important. And the result of Christ's work of expiation is propitiation. And propitiation is what? God's anger is turned away. So propitiation, expiation leads to propitiation where the anger of God is turned away. Are you following me? Good. Maybe if you like, when I finish, I will, for the first time, I will let you answer, ask questions if you are not getting. But many of you say on TSC, it's on TSC. Sure. My headmaster is a German. He will tell you that, ah, how for this one, even my, grand, even my grandmother who didn't go to school can understand this. And when you get a grade nine in my school, in fact, in our school, when you get grade seven, the headmaster will come and say, he say, even my grandmother can get grade seven. Even my grandmother can get grade seven. How come that you get grade seven? Even my grandmother can get grade seven. This is bad, this is bad. Even my grandmother can get grade seven. You should be able to understand this. Sure, you will understand it. Mm. Are you following what I'm teaching? So, write this. Expiation and propitiation constitute an act of placation. Yankosku nukwa. Men kase edi, enyedi. The beer tree, 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 a year tree, caution a Expiation and propitiation constitute an act of what? Placation. Christ did his work on the cross to placate the work of God. To placate means to, to remove something. Is that right? Yeah. To quench a certain anger, to placate. Amen. Uh -huh. So Christ came to expiate, to remove. And the removal brought about what? Propitiation. Is that right? It took away God's word, wrath. 
So expiation and propitiation brings about the taking away of wrath. That's all. That's all. You should be able to understand this. I think that even the kids in class three and four, they understand. If you finish and we ask them the question, you will see the answer and then you'll be sitting there. Praise the Lord. Now, there's another word called atonement. Most of you have heard of the word atonement. Is that not it? Atonement is the action of making amends for a wrong done or injury. Atonement is the action of making amends. Will you be born I know you be here. So to me, will you amendment? Is that right? Uh huh. Try to the wrong that was done. Oh, Miss Rao, me chop or whatever. I could join your be be. What what juju na kuma? Your friend akuma juju. Obisi we tia me na so nka se me mentia de din. E sa o juju no and your friend atonement. Atonement is the action of making amends. And when we sinned, God sent Christ to be an atonement for our sins. Amen. That's the reason why. So now, because Christ came, you are no more guilty. And because Christ came, you are not under condemnation of your father's sins and your mother's sins. Can I have an amen? Amen. You are not under condemnation because Christ paid the price. If only you accept it, that is it. It is settled. I didn't have an amen. amen. Okay, so when there's expiation, expiation is remover, it leads to what? Propitiation. And propitiation is what? What is propitiation? Eh? It leads to what? Appeasement. Is that right? Uh-huh. So the, the expiation is the remover leading to what? Propitiation. That is what? Appeasement. Now, when there's appeasement, eh, what happens? There's what? Reconciliation. So that leads to the third one, reconciliation. Have you seen? We are doing shen, 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 shen. Today is exp- eh, expiation, eh, propitiation, reconciliation. Reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relations. Reunion. Eh? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Uh But you see, before there's reconciliation, there must be the removal of the guilt. Is that right? Acceptance. You see, before the guilt is removed, there must be what? Acceptance. Are you following me? There must be acceptance. Who you say, yes, I'm sorry. I did this against you. I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't mean to this, 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 this. So there must be removal. And when there's a removal of the guilt, then it causes, you see, now watch it. Expiation has to do with one person that a wrong has been done him. Eh? One person. The two of you come quickly. The two, Ruby and Co. Eh? These are two friends. See, they are sitting together. Is that right? Good. Ruby does something against parts. Is that right? So there's some sin and guilt. Is that right? Then our friend comes. Okay. Uh huh. And then he offers himself, you know, to cool whatever. So there's what? Expiation. And once the anger there's, has been removed from there, it brings about now. Propitiation, expiation, 
that's a guilt is on this side propitiation this person is now appeased and when she's at peace because of the offering now there's it leads to what reconciliation the restoration of friendly relationships So what Christ came to do is to restore our relationship with God first. And when you, your relationship with God is restored, then all other things are added unto you. So every good thing that is in God will now become available. So now that they have become restored, eh? now that they have become restored, maybe this is, uh, who, who was angry? You. So God. And a man. So now you can get a red jacket and wear some. You see, you get it. Uh-huh. So you know, what is in God becomes available to you. But when you, when you have done something against her, you have done something against God, you know, you couldn't get close to her. You couldn't flow with her. Her money is not your money. Her chocolate is not your chocolate. Her whatever. But now that you are, there's been expiation and then appeasement, is that right? She's been appeased. It brings about what? Reconciliation. Are you following me? So, whereas expiation refers to the removal of our sins, propitiation removes, refers to the removal of God's wrath. And reconciliation refers to the removal of our alienation from God, our separation from God. Alienation means to separate. No, no, no. Somebody has been alienated. It means he has been what? Separated. He's an alien. Alien. It comes from the word alien. That means a foreigner. In Ghana, we used to have booziest type aliens compliance law. That is what drove the Nigerians away from Ghana many years ago. Alien. So when we say somebody is an alien, it means he's a, a foreigner. So, so sin made us become what? Foreigners unto God. Are you following me? So... So, expiation is what? Removal of our sins. Propitiation refers to what? Removal of God's wrath. So, when our sins are removed, it causes God's wrath to be removed, which is propitiation. And then there's what? Reconciliation, where now there's a removal of our separation. So, you see, the separation between them is now removed. So that now, they are now what? Reunited. Reconciliation. Eh? When you see husband and wife, and maybe they get angry with each other. This one is sleeping at the North Pole. This one is at the South Pole. Is that right? Yeah. Then, so, when expiation is removed, when expiation is removed, is that right? Uh-huh. Then it brings about what? The other one is what? There's propitiation. Removal of what? The anger. Okay. Is that right? And then it now brings about the removal of what? The separation. So whatever separates uh, that distance, you know, where this one is lying there, down, there's reconciliation. They get close. So that is what? Reconciliation. Amen. Pat, am I preaching? Yes. Am I teaching very well? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
Glory to God. Now, don't get, don't let your mind work for something. Sometimes when I preach and I mention somebody, say it doesn't mean that that's a this thing. Sometimes because preaching and I mention, say maybe he's a person has done something. That's a, please. I'm only preaching. I just want to have a feel. You know, I'm I'm talking to this, thing. so I want to feel that I this I'm talking to real human beings and not robots. And that's why I mentioned it. So when I mention, when I'm preaching, I mention your name. I use it for illustration. It doesn't mean you are be used for a bad example of something and that that is what naturally you are and that's that's why pastor has called you you are not like that please i beg you i know that i beg you please don't have that mind i'm only using that to make my message clearer it is known as windows in preaching are you following me uh-huh hallelujah okay i'm preaching i'm preaching romans chapter 5 verse 10 and 11. Oh, please, go and sit down. Reconciliation. Are <laughs> you following what I'm teaching you? Yeah. You, you know this. You know this. Yeah. And this is, it, it's, it's, up, it's applied everywhere. In the, you know, when you go to legal fraternity, there's expi- there must be expiation. There must be the removal of the sin. Is that right? And then there's what? Propitiation. Is that right? Uh-huh. And then the propitiation will bring about what? Reconciliation. Is that right? Okay. And so we said reconciliation is what? The restoration of friendly relations. Huh? And I've, I've explained that to you. Eh? We said because of our sins, we were alienated. That means separated from God. But Christ's death removed this alienation and thus reconciled us to God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Let's read together. For if we, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So we are talking about Jesus' death. Eh? What his death accomplished. His death brought about what? Reconciliation. Between us and God. Much more be reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So everybody who has received Jesus Christ is reconciled unto God. You are God's friend, God's child, God's special person. And that's the reason why you don't need anybody to... You don't need between them. Is that right? Yeah. There are some people when they like someone, they say they want a between them. Go and stand there. Why why between them? Yeah, maybe amongst a human being there will be a between them, but God, no, no, no. Eh? No between them. Eh, reconciled. Eh, no between us. I think in the court, the lawyers are between us. Yeah, because two people are angry. So they stand, and then the lawyer will stand and then speak on their behalf to try and then solve something. But God, Jesus, has also become our betweener. That's what we say that he's our advocate. Is that right? Who not only sp- spoke on our behalf, but offered himself. Hello? Offered what? Himself. You see, I know of, uh, I mean, a, 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 a case where, uh, you know, somebody had an issue at the court, and the lawyer said, I offer myself that any time this is there, I, I am here, I'm offering myself as whatever. Are you getting me? Uh huh. And so if the lawyer offers himself, then it means that something great is at stake. So if Jesus offered himself, then something special is at stake. Amen. And Jesus is known as our advocate. Amen. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Have you, are you following me? And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received what? The atonement. So through Jesus Christ, we have received what? Atonement. And what did we say atonement is? Sandra, what is atonement? Eh? Sandra, what did you say is atonement? Eh? It's an action of what? Making what? Amends for a wrong or injury. Is that right? To make amends. So anytime somebody feels whatever, you must try to make amends. Can I have an amen? And God sent Jesus to make what? Amends for us. Hallelujah. And it means what? Compensation. That is why when somebody feels injured, they, they compensate the person. You say, you have, you have I, I feel harassed. You have done this for me. Or during this period, I should have gained this and you didn't get it for me. So the person now, there must be an atonement where the person must be compensated. Hello? Yeah. That takes us to the fourth one. Redemption. So Christ came... Number one, two, for our expiation. Number two, for propitiation. Number three, reconciliation. And number four, for what? For what? Where's your paper? Redemption. Redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. It's the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil, to be redeemed. In fact, from a biblical perspective, the word redeemed means to, be, to buy back from Satan's slave markets. So when we sin, we're sold onto slavery. Is that right? And through the shed blood of Jesus, what he did on the cross bought us from Satan's slave market. So, there is nobody who is supposed to be under spiritual slavery. In fact, when Christ went to the cross, he paid for every sin, every condemnation, anything regarding your life, he paid for your business to prosper. He paid for you to be married. He paid for you to, have, to be blessed with lovely children. He paid for you to prosper. He paid for you that you'll be moved from poverty unto prosperity. He paid for you that it shall be well with you. Amen. He paid for you. Amen. Amen. So it is the action of regaining or gaining possessions. It's the action of the word redemption means to, to regain. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something. In exchange for payments. Is the action of is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. So Jesus' death on the cross, on the cross, caused us to regain something because in exchange for the payment he made with his life. So whatever we lost, Christ's death gives us a repossession. From today, may you repo. Eh? There's a program on television called Ripple. Eh? Ripple. 
May you repossess any good thing. The word redemption. Other synonyms are retriever. It means that whatever must be retrieved, may you retrieve it. Amen. It means recovery. May you recover. Amen. May you recover all. Amen. I said, may you recover all. Amen. Yeah. When David's uh, family and his soldiers, they came and took their wives and their children, David asked the Lord, should I pursue them? He said, pursue. You will pursue, overtake, and recover all. This year, I see you pursuing. Amen. I see you overtaking. Amen. And I see you recover all. Amen. Pursue. Amen. Overtake. Amen. Recover. Amen. Pursue. Amen. Overtake. Amen. Recover. Amen. It means that whatever Satan took away from you, when you say you are getting it back, you are getting it back. Amen. You are pursuing. You are overtaking him. Amen. And you are recovering all. You see, when the thief comes for your thing, eh, come, come, let's say, come, and this is mine. Bring it. Why are you like kicking your thing? And let's say, <laughs> let's say, this is my book. Is that right? Yeah. And he's running. So try to run. As he's running, when I get up and I overtake him, and I catch him, eh, when I overtake him, first God says, pursue. This, did you realize I was pursuing? Oh. So I pursue him. I what? Overtake him. Is that right? And I recover all. I remove my, all my things that he came to steal. So whatever Satan has taken from your life, when Jesus went to the cross, he gave you the right to pursue, to overtake, and recover all. That's the meaning of the word redemption. Amen. Redemption. Redemption. To reclaim. Someone say reclaim. That's why people go to the law court and say, they have done this and that. I am reclaiming this to repossess it. There shall be a retaining, a rescuing, a recoupment, a reimbursement. Hey! These are the things that the Lord has done for us. Can I have an amen? Our sins put us in captivity. And when Jesus came, he paid the price and the price Jesus paid to deliver us from our captivity is known as a ransom. Is that right? Good. Take note of that. The price Jesus paid, the price that is paid to deliver some capt- someone from captivity. If somebody is in captivity and you pay a certain price to get the person from captivity, it is known as a ransom. It's known as what? A ransom. Yeah. Ransom. You know, sometimes somebody has gone to steal or somebody has gone to do something bad and they kept the person. Is that right? Uh-huh. And then you go up there and say, oh, okay, we are paying this. So, as you go and pay for the guilt of the person, what have you done? It's what you pay in order to get your relation back is known as what? A ransom. You pay a ransom. And once the ransom is paid, the person shouldn't be kept there. If a ransom is paid, the person is kept there, it's double jeopardy. Yeah, because a person shouldn't be punished twice. Jesus paid for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Are you following me? Yeah. So the price Jesus paid, what he offered, as what he offered is known as the ransom. So once Jesus came to pay for our sins and for our problems, it means that we do not have to be kept in that place again. So whatever kept your, listen to me, if something kept your grandfather in a certain situation or kept your mother or your father in a certain situation and maybe they may not have known the Lord and not taken a certain spiritual stand. Now you that you have received Jesus Christ, you must accept the fact that a ransom has been paid and so you do not have to be kept there. Hallelujah. Let's look at it quickly as I finish. Three things that we have been released from. So, we have, we have been redeemed. Tell someone we have been redeemed. Okay. Three things that we have been redeemed from. Or we have been released. Three things that we have been released. So, always know that redemption brought about what? Deliverance. Someone say Deliverance. from our captivity. Three things we have been delivered from or released from. Number one, the curse of the law. We have been delivered, number one, from the curse of the law. Number two, the guilt of sin. And number three, the power of sin. Number one, the curse of the law. Number two, the guilt of sin. Number three, the guilt of sin. Let's look at number one. The power of sin. There are two different things. Number one, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. I want you to be students of the word and be preachers. One day when I tell you, come and preach, you have something to preach. That's the reason I'm taking my time. And you cannot be in church. God will do something. Amen, amen, amen. You are shaking yourself. Shake yourself head like an alligator. At the end of the day, you, have something. you must have scriptures. Yeah. When your boss, you meet your boss, and you are talking to your boss, and you come out with scriptures, and you come out with reconciliation, propitiation, expiation. Say, Charlie, this is my worker. He's got something. He's a gracious person. Uh, I'm telling you, when your boss has a problem, your boss will consult you. Yeah. Why do you think? When I was a first year student, my professor, my professor called me. Called me to the office. Oh, I heard that there was an issue. Me that had done something wrong. Later on, he was telling me his family problems. Then he put me in his car and gave me lift. Yeah. When we started talking, he realized that Charlie, he's a little boy, but there's something inside him. So you must have the word of God in you. That's why I'm taking my time to teach you this. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Yeah. When I was a lot younger, some, some people ask me, Galatians 3. Christ has what? Redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Was Christ hung on a tree? So it means that on a tree, he took our curse. So that what will happen? Verse 13. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon what? The Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Have you received Jesus Christ? Therefore, the blessing of Abraham must come on you. And what's the blessing of Abraham? Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14. That you be the head and not the tail above and not be the first or not the last. So you take the blessings of Abraham and say, Hey, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law and I have been made 
the, the seed of Abraham, therefore I connect to the blessing of Abraham that I shall not be poor, but I shall walk in prosperity. I shall walk in a good life. And you begin to declare the blessing of God that you, you, the Lord, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Is that not it? As you hacking the voice of the Lord your God. What are the blessings? You shall, you shall be blessed in a city. Maybe blessed in a crowd. And you shall be blessed in the field, in your village. You, you will build there. Amen. Nobody's going to kill you when you build in your village. Amen. You will be a special person in the village. Amen. When you go there, people are excited. Amen. Because you are, you are brought her. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Your children shall be blessed. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 54 verse 13, Your children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be their peace. Your children shall be taught of the Lord. Your children shall be a great. They shall be outstanding. They shall be special. Amen. Amen. All your children, this is some of your children. All your children, Sophie, shall be taught of the Lord. Amen. And great shall be the peace of your children. Shalom. Nothing broken within your, their walls. Amen. It means that everything will be fine with them. Spiritually, socially, Amen. intellectually. Amen. Yeah. Are you following me? Blessings of Abraham. This is what Christ came to do. Quote, quote, let's connect there. Let's finish it. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground. That means your business. When you touch soil, let it become gold dust. When you touch soil, let it become diamond crystals. When you touch soil, let it become gold dust for you. Blessed shall be the fruit of your cattle, the increase of their kind, and the flocks of their sheep. They had agronomy economy. Today, it will be computer chips and things like that. Whatever you are doing, may you flourish in it. Verse 5. The Bible says that, And blessed shall be your basket and your store. May your bank account be blessed. Amen. Wherever you keep your things, may there be abundance. Amen. Verse 6. Verse 6. Blessed shall thou be when you come in and when you go out. Everywhere you are passing blessings. So, Amen. Verse 7. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. When they come against you one way, they flee in seven ways. Amen. That means all your enemies will scatter. Amen. Let God arise and every enemy be here. I speak that may every enemy scatter before you. Amen. Verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand unto. Lift your hand and say, My hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Say the Bible says that as a seed of Abraham, whatever I set my hand unto is blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Give God a hand of praise. And watch it, and watch it. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. So if you are at Kokompe, God will bless you at Kokompe. If you are Kotobabi, God will bless you at Kotobabi. If you live in Ghana, God will bless you here. Amen. You don't need to go to America for God to bless you in America. Amen. There are poor people in America. There are poor people in the United Kingdom. The Lord says, it is not your location. It is the, the kind of covenant God you serve. How come that Bishop Oyedepo is in Nigeria, has built the largest church in the world, and now it has been taken over by one of his spiritual sons, Dr. Paul Ineche, who is building, I think, about 100,000 uh, 100, capacity. And one person is the one person bought all the chairs. One person. So when we tell you buy some, some, some uh, uh, cement and things, and then we will tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. one person bought all the chairs. Initially, he wanted to build 75,000. And the person decided to buy one. So he said that if the, the 100,000, 
the church must be expanded. So they have expanded it. And another person is uh, uh, trying to build 125. Wow. Yes, in Nigeria. And we are sitting in Ghana. We are doing nafu nafu. And then we are commentating. When you, you see something small, when a pastor has a small car, you are talking. When somebody says you are talking, yesika, yesika, uh, is your money missing? <laughs> is your money missing? Anybody whose money is missing? Is, you know, is your money missing? Yes. I'm asking you, anybody whose money is missing, come and make claims and say, my 20, my 20 series is missing. This is how I got missing. The pastor came and took it from my pocket. Which, which, which of your money is missing? You now, when you judge yourself five years ago and now, are you not looking better? Don't you have something better? You two years ago, when you came around, were you married? And today you are married. Why is your wife? Your wife here. Yeah. I saw her come here at 8 o'clock. Which I was going to even to rebuke her. That she lives at the corner here. Is coming to church at 8 o'clock. So when people are talking rubbish, don't talk rubbish. Count your blessings and name them one by one and know that this God has been too good to me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you came to meet God and you live and God is still there. And what do you have? You know, what thing you have? What do you have? You, what thing you have? What do you have? It's a blessing that God has brought you close. Try and do something so that he will honor you. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you in the land which he giveth thee. Wherever you find yourself, I'm speaking as a servant of the Lord. May, may this blessing of the Lord become your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Whichever work you do, I met a guy in the United Kingdom. He carries, he's a balaman. When he's going to work, he's wearing suits. He drives a Mercedes. Yes. When I went there, one of the first times I used to go and pray, the pastor and the him who be coming, they were looking for hotels. Me, I don't like sleeping in hotels much. I like to be in a family. So that we can talk. Hotel, you'll be talking to ceiling. <laughs> I don't like hotel, except it becomes necessary. Except, except it's not, maybe if it, it's sort of convenient as, as, and when I'm going to minister. And you are looking for hotel. And the guy had a nice Mercedes. We went in the Bolacar's, Bolaman's Mercedes Benz. Yeah. And the Balaman has built nice houses in Ghana here. Balaman. When you go, say, away. Away. You will do away here, you'll be blessed. Every work you are doing, listen to me. Commit yourself to this scripture that the Lord says that he will bless the work of your hands. And he will bless you in the land which he has given unto thee. Oh. Oh. I said, he, he will bless you in the land. Yeah. That one room, he will bless you there. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend. I, I you bless them in their marriage. They had one room. One room. Atema. One room. Contiseven. Contiseven room. Small room. One room. When the lady got pregnant, he said, coming out of the room. Well, the room was said it was so tiny with all their things. She had to slide her stomach out. She had to do she was going to slide herself. Everybody kung fu. They slide herself through their stomach. But as they serve God, this scripture has worked for them. That the Lord will bless the work of her. Yeah. 
The guy didn't do those days. That when you go to university and say, when you, after you do, have done administration or become or those, you know, when you do become, it means actually you are the Ogbe Ogbe or has done law or medicine and go, thank God. He was not like that. He did one of the sciences and but after that, the Lord has raised the guy up and he's got houses in Takuradi, houses in Tema here, houses in Accra, houses. Well, he got one of the houses, story building a creme de la creme area in Comte 25 and invited me that I should go and dedicate that house. Yes. Young guy. When you see his cars, you go to his house. Then you know that truly the word of God, it works. Amen. And may this scripture work for you. Amen. I'm just ending on this. May the Lord work for you. Amen. And Christ paid the price so that you get what? The blessings of Abraham. So disconnect yourself from your village you come from. And stop saying, me, the village we come from. I come from. It's not in the village map. You come from God. You are from God. You have a spiritual inheritance. You are the child of the king of kings. And the lord of lords. In the name of the lord Jesus. You will marry. You have children. You will do well in life. You will progress. Favor shall be your portion. In the name of the lord Jesus. Verse 9, the Bible says that, verse 9, oh, Yamahata Hariyamaraba. Verse 9, hit the screen for me. Hello, Skumba Harabasia. Opposition. The Lord shall establish you as a holy people unto himself. May the Lord establish you. Any good thing that you are doing may become established. May become established in the name of the Lord. Verse 9. Verse 10, sorry. Verse 10. And all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. You see, you'll be so blessed that people will see that chale. You see, like everybody is saying, just born, chale, tobinko, chale. You two, they will mention your name and say, chale. Ah. Ah. I am looking forward to seeing many, many, many prosperous people in the church. You will drive and your wife will drive. And your children, they will drive their cars, they are coming. Yes, you will see. You will be so blessed. You will see it happen. You will see it happen in the name of the Lord Jesus. The prophecy you believe is a prophecy that happens to you. Let it happen to your life in the name of the Lord. He said, all people of the earth shall see you and call you blessed. Yeah, you are called by the name of the Lord. Yeah, today the name of Yedipo is known all over the world. The guy is filthy blessed. He's not a businessman, but he's blessed. And there are other Christian people who are very blessed, who may not be pastors. But so long as their blessing is not because you're a pastor, you're not a pastor. The blessing is because of the fact that you're a covenant child. May that be your portion. Verse 11 and 12, let's finish it. The Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. Oh, your amen was weak. You'll be so plenteous in goods. Amen. Uncle Sam, you'll be so plenteous in goods. Amen. You have plenty lands. You give some to your children. Amen. Some to your friends. Amen. Sometimes when you are there, you say, I've got land here. Um, uh, I think I remember you did me. Once I, I didn't have some food and you gave me food. I have remembered. And uh, So which land do you like? Yes, it's true. Yeah. 
It, that shall be your portion. Eh? When you see people, just help them and do well. Oh, God will. Yeah. Me, somebody was just there. The person never looked like the person had anything. I mean, I was just being nice, being kind, being helpful, being whatever. One day the person said, I've heard that you tried to buy land somewhere. They take it and say, I have got land. They say, you got land. Say, yes, I've got land. He said, choose any of them. For two years, I was going to prime land. I said, what do I pay? He said, pay nothing. I went to a relation. He said, what is this? He said, I said, pay nothing. I said, I relation. He said, what they say? We say, we are accepting nothing. If she says it's yours, it's yours. They did documents. I paid not one penny. The Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Yeah. You get your wardrobe. Some of you, you are, when you are there, you are you are doing permutation combination. What should I wear? You are confused. You are same same. Well, yeah. When you are coming to church, and say last week I wore this. Hey, they will think that is the same kind of thing. No. Now you have the costume directors. Yeah. You have somebody who directs and say this week. You are because you are going to get into a position whereby a special honor is coming on you. You said you are going for this occasion. Where this and where you are going to? Where, where are you going to meet? This meeting you are going to have. This is the background, and because of this background, you need to wear this and this and this. Yeah, yeah. The Lord will make you plenteous in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, which is your business, and in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And I like verse twelve. Receive it. The Lord shall open unto you His good treasure. Receive good treasure. I said, receive good treasure. Receive good treasure. Treasure in dollars. Treasure in pounds. Treasure in euros. Treasure in cities. Treasure in lands. Treasure in houses. Treasure in real estates. Treasure in gold. Treasure in diamonds. Treasure in oil. Treasure in wisdom. In the name of Jesus, receive treasure. The heaven to give rain upon your land in his season. There's a season for every land. May God cause rain to come upon you. May your business flourish. May your home flourish. I declare flourishing. And to bless not some of the work of your hands, but to bless all. May all the work of your hands be blessed. Amen. And that shall lend unto many nations. From today be a lender. I pronounce you a lender Amen. and not a borrower. Amen. The head and not the tail. Amen. Above and not beneath. Amen. The first and not the last. Amen. May it be well with you. May it be well with your home. May it be well with your children. May grace and glory be your portion. May you skip like a calf let out of the store. The hand that is lifted up. May you be a possessor of riches. May people look for you and honor you and bless you. In Jesus' precious name. Now, Jacob left his father's house with just a stick and a bottle of water. He came back as a band. Multitudes, servants, riches, cattle. From today, whatever good thing that is single, may the Lord multiply it in your life. I decree multiplication in your life. In Jesus' precious name, amen.